Thanks for listening to the Women Emerging podcast. Every week we put up a new episode with insights into leadership, practical leadership, seen through the eyes of women leaders of all ages and all sectors from right across the world. Our aim is for women to be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join Women Emerging on our website, womenemerging.org. That's womenemerging.org for more fabulous free leadership content. Welcome, 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 Julia Middleton, Director of Women Emerging and podcast host. Last week, we started the process of sharing the approach to leadership that resonates for women that we, we discovered over our year-long expedition and put together when we met in Bellagio at the end of it a couple of weeks ago. One of the strongest messages for us all was that, particularly for women leaders, you really have to start by understanding your own essence. What is it that's right at the heart of you that, that, that frames you, that shapes you, that shapes your behaviour, that influences how you actually lead? And knowing your own essence is absolutely crucial to being a good leader. It's absolutely crucial, too, to being able to translate what your essence is into how you then express how you lead and don't produce a sort of disconnect between the two. Without doubt, every single one of us on the expedition had different elements to different degrees with different ratios within our own essences. And I think what we discovered was both the difference, but also the really important thing is to know what your own individual one is. We started, therefore, by thinking that the helpful thing that we could do for other women leaders was to try to unpick some of the common elements in all of the essences of the women on the expedition and try to express them by way of an offering, by way of an illustration, by way of helping other women to, to dig deep and find what is in their own essence. Last week, we spoke to Aparna about the fact that a, that a big element of her essence is spirituality, or as she explained very clearly to us, spirituality is probably a weak word. The better word that she that she that she coined was um, sacred. The sacred is deep in her essence. So, Aparna explained why and what and how, but she also then went on to talk about how sacred, the sacred being in her essence, had a deep impact on how she leads and chooses to lead. This week, we're going to talk to Katrina, and she's going to talk about the physical, why it's so much part of her essence, and how, in her case, it influences her leadership. As an Olympian, she's thought about this a great deal. And as a Paralympian, maybe 
even more. Before you listen to Katrina, let me just explain that you'll hear bells in the background. We recorded this series of podcast episodes, Aparna last week, Katrina this week, and then four other women over the next four weeks talking about elements of their bits in their essence. We recorded it in a little Italian visit, village that was not far away from Bellagio called Borgo Ticino in a, in a beautiful house that we rented as an Airbnb that we had gathered in before we went to Bellagio and that we, that we grouped together, some of us, in after Bellagio. And, and in, in those days after Bellagio, I spoke to Aparna and to Katrina But when I actually chose to speak to Katrina, the bells began to ring. There was a moment, the brief moment, when I thought, well, maybe we should start recording again. But to be honest, the the bells were so beautiful that we decided to keep going. Katrina, there were some key moments over the last four days where we broke away from intellectual discussions and emotional discussions and rational discussions and actually <laughs> recognised that the physical is, is an essential piece of leadership and particularly for women. I could see you nodding across the table. Why were you nodding? Wow, that's one of my main languages. When you've come through sport and spent you know, 12 years mastering um, physical. There are other components to that, of course, as an athlete, um, the mental part, the emotional part, and the, and the spiritual part. Uh, but the physical body, for me, has been something I've learned to really master and, and have a language with um, and listen to and not just rely on, on the intellectual component. The bells beautiful. are serenading <laughs> you as you speak. Go on, more, more, tell me more. Yeah. Well, you know, when being an athlete, um, one of the things, one of the gifts of being an athlete, like I haven't been one for some time now, but what I had learnt from being an athlete was to be able to listen and listen to your body. And there is a wonderful book that my husband actually gave me that he had for years called Your Body is Your Barometer. And, you know, you can go into that and look into certain parts if you have any pain or um, a soreness or illness that it can relate to certain parts of the body. Um, and yes, you can use that. But for me, that term, that title, your body is your barometer, sits so well with me. Our body is telling us, is, is telling us messages all the time. And when you're able to develop a relationship with your body and to listen to it and know what it's telling you, this is, this is what leadership is in a sense. The fact that you know you need to be able to listen listen so once you've got that relationship with your body to go okay there's something that's telling me there I need to listen do I need to be still do I need to go and run do I need to go into nature what is my body telling me that it needs to to come back to that center point to I I use the term re-energize I use it a lot um, and I use my physical to re-energize and and for a lot of people they might go oh that means you go for a run no it means I I can lay on the floor and be still 
because my body is telling me it needs to be quiet, it needs to ground, it needs to gain energy. Other times where I've got, you know, I've, we've had these hard intellectual discussions and there's so much emotion. My body is telling me, like one of the days, we on that really hard, we had really hard and amazing conversations and very deeply emotional. And there's a lot of triggers for all of us in different ways. As soon as, as soon as we left that room, my body said, you need to walk up to the castle. It was dark, I didn't care, I just knew I had to dissipate that energy from a physical point of view. So I could come back and be present and have wonderful conversations afterwards. So a big part um, of leading and understanding self and leading self is having a relationship, a strong relationship with what your body needs and how we can use our physical body to make sure that we can, you know, we can show up the way we want to show up in leadership. And that's different for all of us. What I do will be different to you, Julia. Um, there's many of us that will do different things and it's not prescriptive, it's precision and it's about really understanding and listening to yourself. So when you're able to do that as a leader, you then have that ability to be able to listen to others' needs and know when to step in and when to be quiet. And that fluidity, that that's why that infinity sign that's come up through the program means so much for me because it's about knowing when to come in and come out, but also at the same time for yourself, how that works with others, but also with yourself. So there's that dance. Now just explain the infinity sign. Explain more what you mean by the infinity sign. So the infinity sign for me that is just it's current um, a sideways flow. eight sideways, a sideways eight, eight. Yeah. yeah so there's this it's constantly in flow and it is going out of course to others um, so if we put the infinity between us now um, and we've got that eight but it's it's open there's it's never ending it's it's this flow of energy that goes from from you into me and back again and it's physical it can be yeah it's energy. It can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be... There's so much in that. But as, as leaders, whether you, whether you, whenever you leave a room, you're leaving a room. People, there's, there is an energy, there's an exchange that happens. And I often say to people, how does the room feel once you leave? <laughs> how does the room change, one, change when you come in? What are you leaving behind? Because even if you don't say anything, if you're saying something and you're leaving an energy or a, a feeling, um, which was related to how you take care of yourself. And, and leaders do often forget to even watch the physical in other people, don't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. I see a lot of leaders that are intellectual um, and spending a lot of time in their head um, and maybe haven't found that connection to, to the physical yet. I love that word yet because it opens up that possibility. It's that again, infinity. I, I you know, I can't do that yet. Um, and and finding a relationship with the physical. We were talking about it this morning actually because music has been all around us in our rooms, um, and we've come up with music being a universal language that even if you don't play an instrument, but some people can turn away from music. I'm looking at this guitar right now, and if I think about I don't play a musical instrument, I can say I'm not musical, and I can turn away from the word music. However, music has a huge part of my life. Yes, I listen to it, and I have my own music. I mean, even that, in that, it's a sense of what music do you leave 
um, as a leader? What is your music? What is your essence? But it's the same with movement. I mean, people might see that term physical or the term, and then they relate it to, oh, of course, Katrina's physical because she's been an athlete um, and she does that. But for me, I don't even use the term uh, in, in the work that I do, talking about leadership, I talk about um, movement um, and how do you move your body. You've led some, I mean, you've led some big teams to some global events. I was thinking about it just before we came on the expedition. There was a podcast episode by uh, a Polish com- um, conductor who was beautifully illustrating that that she did it so much better than me, that you use the physical to invite people to play in a way that if you used words, they would be utterly meaningless. But her gestures invite you in. And when you're leading a really complex sports team into a really competitive situation... You must be looking. You must be listening to the words, but mostly you're watching the bodies. Absolutely, and even your own. I mean, if you think, um, you know, there's a book called Blink, and you and I'm sure you know it well. But within that first blink of an eye, we already decide what someone is, and I think it's something about ninety percent of the time we're right. And that's by our eyes, by how we see someone, by the physical. Um, How we watch their hands. So the gestures, yeah. Yeah. And then we also will then judge in in a quick instant, is this person a threat or a danger? And some of the research that talk about how you can really, in your physical, people look for warmth to judge whether they'll trust you or competency. So even in that, even in how you present your warmth through, and I know that's a gift I have, is this, in my physical, I can make people feel warm and feel people at home. At home, And then other people go to strength around being able to, in that physical show that I've got this. And if we can get this lovely combination of, of warmth and strength. And um, you're very tall. I am, yeah. So I know that that's a big part of my, and, but there's an important component of that because I have a disability. And so the physical for me, Yes, I've been an athlete, but the physical side of, of having a disability, you know, my lens has been on for a long time around um, just understanding that we all have, we're all different physically. Yes, we have this relationship with our own physicality and our own energy and our own movement and what will nourish and energise us, but then there's that point of what people see and that blink of an eye, what they see. And when you do, for me... Fortunately, I don't even know if I want to use that word. I have a disability that's hidden. So I've been able to... Um, hidden, but you, when you know what to look for, you can see it. Yep. But I can walk down the street and I can, I can walk without people noticing that I have a difference. And then... So to have this understanding of I have a disability, people can't see it. Um, I've always looked at my own body... Um, and the gift of having cerebral palsy as my left side is my able side. So I, have the, I understand what it feels like to be able. What a gift. And then I go to my right side, which has my, my cerebral palsy, where things don't work. I can't do certain things on my right side. And what a gift that is. Now I can, I have this understanding when people can't do things or things do, people do things in a different way. 
Have you always regarded it as that, or is that something you've grown into understanding? Yeah, I wrote a letter to myself one day on a leadership program. What did I need to tell myself? And this was what I wrote, and I had tears in my eyes. It was this moment, it would have been about 20 years ago, where I went, what a gift. I've been born in a body that... um, Understands both. Understands both. Lives both. Lives both. If I can't do something... I physically can't curl my toes. I cannot curl my toes, and I never will. But I can do it so easily on my left side, and it's too easy. And then I come to my right side, and I cannot do it. And that fascinates me in this one body, (laughs) how easy something can be and how hard something can be. Um, And now I realise what a strength that is in leadership to be able to have. I suppose maybe it's the empathy, it's the strength and warmth of being able to to be able to understand that you can have both. And in the, it's in that beauty. And, and we've talked about this this week, about it's that infinity of that, as women, we can be incredibly warm and loving. And then the other side of that infinity sign is that we need to be direct and strong. And so it's this knowing when to step into both and knowing that you can have a mix of that and that's what I have learned within my own gift of, of having a, a physical disability. Um, how's, that, how's that played out in a team that you've led? And how, how, if I spoke to that team, how would they say you were different as a leader? It's for me, it's not having all the answers. For me, it's um, knowing that there is a lot more going on for people than what people see. That's the big one, it's isn't it? It's the big one, big one. Because as a, as a Paralympian, people have looked at me and I've been experimenting this ever since I decided to go down that path in 1995. And they look at me and they, I'm not, it's getting better, but I'm not the image of what a Paralympian looks like. And they're confused by it. And they'll look at me and go, oh, but you're strong and you're tall and you're fit and, you know, whatever else they want to say to that. But they don't know what the story is underneath. And when I'm able to share, and I do. like when But do you think sometimes they're actually not interested in the story underneath? Well, I feel sometimes I they're s- not. I feel, I mean, yeah. I shouldn't say this, mm. but there have been some moments this week mm. where I think mm. other agendas mm. have mm. somehow... Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's people's blind spots. I see that because if... If some people had the gift of being able to realise that, that would help advance their their leadership. So I know for me that is my absolute strength, is that um, understanding and and being so even even at um, my last leadership trip at Birmingham Commonwealth Games, you know, I, every team I met, even the team that I was leading, I made sure there was a moment for them to understand my essence and actually vocalise my essence. And a part of that, that, that vulnerability of saying, this is my physical, you know, I, I'm different. And, and that's, that's what makes me. And, and by doing that, enabled others to share their essence. Mm. And when you can then connect on this essence together, then you can go through then you harder get, times together. Then you get the infinity symbols. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. flowing. Yeah. And I know this because people look at me all the time. 
and I can feel this energy exchange. I can feel them checking me out. And when you walk into a room and you tell people you're a Paralympian and they can't see it, or their image of Paralympic athlete is not me and they're, they're struggling, I can see it. I feel that. I've had 25 years of people doing this to me. But maybe other people who are disabled do it too. Yeah, yeah. We all, and we all, and I would do it to other people. And the, and the, and um, for me, it's it's curiosity. I lead with curiosity instead of difference. And for me, I look at people now, and this is one of my gifts from from this journey. Is I've learnt to train my thinking instead of to look at the deficit model, the weakness model, the negative model. So I meet you, Julia, and I know my thinking will want to look at you and look for your weak spots, your threats, your dangers. The bells are back. Keep the bells going. are back. <laughs> Keep going. And I know I can do this easily. I know this. But what I've learned from this is that through my journey, because of being different... And being I, deeply aware of the physical. Yes, absolutely. I have developed strengths from that. So when I meet people now... Yes, people with disabilities, but yes, people with... And this has been an example of it this week. We've had so many different different people come together. I come from curiosity, deep curiosity around, I wonder what skills they've got because of yeah. their difference. And that's mm. hard to do. It's hard because our brain wants to do the opposite. And even medical models of, of um, conditions and disabilities and illness have always been focused on the medical deficits. You've been diagnosed with this, what have you got less of? Yes. And what doesn't work? But when you flip it, what, what have I got because of, because of, not despite of? Um, that has taught me so much about then being able to lead and understanding others. <laughs> I'll follow you anywhere. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> Always. Thank you, Katrina. Your body is your barometer, firmly stuck in my brain. As I was listening to you and to the bells, I thought about an interview we did with Sarah, I think three or four weeks ago now, after at the completion of the expedition, where Sarah used those wonderful words. She said, you know, up to now I've always led from my head up. Listening to you, Katrina, I think I have so much in common with Sarah. I think I too mostly lead with my head up. From my head up. I hope with my head up too, but from my head up. And I think in the future I would like to be more like you, Katrina. I've I've been thinking a lot of the moments when my body was send me sending me warning signs. Um, ones that I should have listened to and, and actually ones that sometimes I should have ignored. The, the ones I listened to were often about exhaustion. I believe deeply that leaders who, who are too tired, it's almost impossible to inspire anybody if you're utterly exhausted. And certainly it's impossible to see things clearly if you're utterly exhausted. Now, there are moments when you just have to cope with the exhaustion but I think I have definitely ignored my body shouting, we are exhausted, and kept going when I shouldn't, and confused things 
when they needed to be made more simple and definitely uninspired people and probably even instilled a level of fear and disquiet in them. So uh, listening to the exhaustion messages coming from my body, my, my father told me that he would teach me uh, one of the greatest skills of all leaders. I remember I was about eight at the time and he called it daylight sleeping practice. And um, it's true that sometimes I do actually listen to my body when it shouts exhaustion. And I've often walked out of my office or walked into my office and people have said, where are you going? And I say to sleep. And thanks to my father, I could lie on the floor or on the table, best on the chair, and fall asleep for 15 minutes uh, which made an enormous difference to me. I've known that has been a, a wonderful skill he taught me. It was definitely a fantastic skill when uh, I was a mother of small babies and it remains a fantastic skill as a leader. But I can also think of moments when my body was was sort of giving me the wrong signals, to be honest. You know, so, some of my worst moments of leadership was are when my sort of body is sort of itching with fury sometimes and energy and what would the word be with with offense sometimes and it's sort of itching and it's sort of I can feel it forcing me up to loudly and forcibly make a point that I probably should have ignored my body and just calmed down and um, told my body to shut up or to uh, lay low for a minute till I was in a better place to make the point that I was going to make. I'm sure Katrina would tell me that I'm misunderstanding her body messages. Anyhow, I also think that Katrina's analogy of, of living in two worlds in her case, the right-hand side and the left-hand side of her body, and seeing that as not as the weakness of one and and that giving her a vantage point in understanding things. And I, I certainly believe that on many occasions when you are between two worlds, you can see things more clearly and move more quickly without anybody often noticing you. So sometimes I love having no power and merely being in an advantage point and being able to see and to connect things so that two and two makes 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 rather than the rather miserable one that it often does. This, this vantage point of seeing two worlds, I think, was beautiful but mostly Katrina's plea to us all that we have to both know our essence but also vocalise our essence because when you vocalise your essence, it allows other people to vocalise their essence and then you can connect in a much more significant way and the connection is not just a thread, it becomes an infinity symbol not just a line, but an infinity symbol. 
with energy going constantly in both directions. That is an analogy I find very compelling. So thank you so, so much, Katrina. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Lots of love till next week. To become part of our movement and share your thinking with us, subscribe to the podcast and join the Women Emerging group on our website at womenemerging.org. We love all of the messages you send us. Keep them coming.